Hi guys and welcome to another episode of United Q Barbecue Podcast, the only barbecue podcast radio in the UK, brought to you by your host Dan from United Q and his co-host Barbecue Forte. Hello. This episode is brought to you by our kind sponsors ProQ Smokers. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. You can find them on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook under ProQ Smokers. And on this week's episode, we have the Dr. Evil Barbecue team. Hello. Hello. Hi, guys. Hello. Uh, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, we're all fine, thank you. How are you? Oh, we're, we're pretty awesome. We're awesome. We're always awesome. <laughs> we're ready to talk barbecue, so times, times don't get much better than this. So uh, if you could introduce yourselves and introduce the rest of the team, Gary, that would be great. Okay, I'm Gary Craig. I'm the team owner at Dr. Evil Barbecue. I'm the head honcho, head cook, chief bottle, bottle washer. Uh, I've got Grumpy Man with me, who's number two in the team. I've got Artist with me, who's a bit secret squirrel. He's a government spy, I'm pretty sure he is. He doesn't want anybody to know his name, but he's down with the kids. And we've got Barry here as well. He's the transport manager. Good. We need a tr- Everyone needs a transport manager. Yeah, awesome. So we nearly have a full house, nearly. Who's missing? Nearly. Uh, my wife, um, Jill, otherwise known as Foxy Cleopatra. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And we've got a member that joined us last year is uh, Stuart Graboid from uh, Twitter. Ah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. So, what, what got you guys into barbecue in the first place then? Uh, myself, personally, um, I've always been interested in cooking. My mum was a cook. But uh, never really followed anything up. I was a mad keen motorcyclist and went along that route, trying to be a mechanic. Always had a love of food, but never really did anything with it. Years later, I wish I'd gone in another direction and actually taken up cooking and gone to chef school. Oh, cool. So you're involved when you say that you're you involved in the racing scene, were you? Or yeah, for a few years I was involved in the race scene. Um, I had my own race team. Worked for a few big name rest teams in the Superbike Championship, um, crashed and burnt and then took up cooking again. Awesome. Do you still ride bikes now? No, I'm not allowed. It's no. forbidden. Oh dear. Foxy Cleopatra doesn't allow Dr. Evil on the bikes anymore. Oh dear. She definitely does not, no. I had a bit <laughs> of a in um, 2002 that involved quite a few visits to hospital and since then it's been a non-starter and i'm too old and fat anyway let's <laughs> just stick to the food now better off anyway so what, what about the rest of the guys there then what what uh what brought you all into the sort of barbecue love start with grumpy yeah uh, many years ago i mean i got my first taste of american barbecue actually in london when uh popped to bodeans when it first opened and i just wanted to find out how on earth I could cook this wonderfully tasting food so yeah just did a bit of research watched all the programs and uh, got a Weber and started from there awesome awesome what Weber did you start with uh, the uh, Smoky Mountain uh, 18 and a half inch I think the small oh, cool so you went straight in for the Smoky Mountain then oh, oh, awesome yeah and I lots of advice in the British Barbecue Society forums that's where I got my first true pool of knowledge from and met a few guys yeah so, cool uh, yeah 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 so the british barbecue site is another another one of the forums that's available to to everyone in the uk uh, 
nowadays mostly based on facebook but also there, there is a there is a blog page and stuff like that but uh so the we spoke about uh, country wood smoke it's similar to that uh somewhere where people can go for advice and and to to swap recipes and share pictures and stuff like that so that's awesome guys definitely go on to facebook and check that out that's a british barbecue society what what was bodine's like then that's one of the barbecue restaurants in london i haven't visited yet yeah, I haven't been a long time since, since uh, what was it, 2004, I think it was. Um, yeah, it was it was good, and I uh, understand now there's you know there's quite a few now in the UK, um, other barbecue joints. Yeah, it's um, one of those things that's like fashionable at the minute, so we're getting all these places opening up, but we're just trying to, we're doing a bit of a circuit at the minute, trying to find the, the ones that, that actually, that. Oh don't mean this in an offensive way but serve real barbecue food and are doing it right so so yes yeah, yeah. they obviously did we're it right the there they inspired you to get into it sorry sir again bodine's obviously did the good job there because they inspired you to get into it further yeah yeah and then uh met gary through one of the uh competition courses that they'll probably chat to you more about yeah yeah cool that's where i am awesome awesome I did meet the two of the other guys through um, Barbecue Society Forum, and and then we we became friends online and met up. Myself and Gareth, we met up on a, a pitmaster course that was held in 2012. Was that the Slap Your Daddy one or a different one? That's, yeah, it was a two-day um, backyard and competition course that we took. Uh, to be honest, I had no idea what American barbecue was. Or who he was, but the um, the forum went absolutely mental in 2012. Said he was coming over, and I just thought I've got to have some of that. I've got to go. I've got to see what it's all about. Yeah, awesome. Just just for the listeners that don't know, could you could you let us know who he is and and where he's come from, his sort of background, and and why everyone was so excited when he was coming over to the UK? Oh, Harry Sue is the owner of Slap Your Daddy Barbecue, and he's from Diamond Bar, California. And for many years, he was he was pretty much the winningest man in barbecue. Aside from the likes of Myron Mixon, he was making a real big name for himself in 20, 2010, 2011, 2012. And uh, Toby managed to secure his services over in the UK for a three-day course. And everybody just went crazy for it. Yeah, awesome. He's one of the, the biggest names. Harry Sue's one, one of the biggest names in, in barbecue. So, yeah, awesome. That's... that's uh... One of the courses that I would have loved to have, have joined and come along to. So I bet you learned absolute loads from that. How, how did how, what did you take away from that? What were the what were the sort of key points you took away from that that experience there? Well, it's difficult to say. I didn't really, like I say, I didn't know who he was or what American style barbecue was, much less competition style barbecue. So everything that I that he spoke about, I learned something from him. Yeah, so you went straight in at the deep end with one of the best then. So that, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no pressure. That's how we like to do things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you've also done it in, in the actual, in the barbecue competition world there, guys. You you guys have gone in and, and in your first year competing, won, won the burger at, at Grillstock. Is that right, the, the uh, burger in Manchester Grillstock? Yeah, in 2014, that, that was... Um... That wasn't my doing, that was Grumpy. He's, he's the burger expert. I just um, kind of slept along and tried to do my barbecue thing at the same time. <laughs> so so what, what goes into making a, an award-winning burger then? What sort of things could our, should our listeners try and 
try and adapt their burgers to to get them up to your sort of standards? Um, well, judging by the uh, recent competitions, uh, you know it's really good at the moment. It's really competitive. What used to be, I think, a bit of a side side section to the, the barbecue event has become very uh, popular now. Especially with all the bar, the uh, gourmet barbecue company, uh, sorry, gourmet burger companies around the place now. But this is uh, pretty much the usual: just good quality meat, a good ratio of lean to fat, um, a good quality bun. Brioche is pretty popular now, and then uh, yeah, whatever secrets or ingredients you want to put in there. Awesome. Well, what sort of fat content? Uh, what sort of lean to fat do you do you go for? Without revealing your top secret secrets, uh, ish. Uh, the typical man is eighty twenty. Um, okay, cool. That's ground chuck, as they say in the states. Uh, or um, you know, you can pick different cuts of beef and mix it all up for a, you know, a, a more of a custom and. Yeah, cool. Do you or, just go for a straight beef burger, or do you add bacon or anything like that into it? Yeah, or uh, you know, fried onions. You can different taste textures in there. Um, I think we did did a burger the other other year that had a parmesan crisp. Yeah. Nice. Or, uh, honestly, the the burger that we did in um, 2014 for Manchester yeah. was a really really simple burger, but it was just done really really well. Yeah. yeah. We we tried amping up the um, the difficulty level at the next year. And uh, they didn't quite go for it. It was a bit too arty farty. Yeah. Simple, simple recipes, really well cooked, uh, are the way to go in the competition. Okay. Yeah, awesome. I think about barbecue as well. Like people often sort of, I don't know, once they get really into barbecue, start forgetting about your burgers and your sausages and stuff like that. But I quite often like to just read it all back in and just go for a, a nice simple burger or or uh, making my own sausages or something like that and just, just cooking some good quality sausages and, and burgers on the queue, which is, which is awesome. You can't, you can't ever shy away from that, I don't think. Yeah, we're, we're not just a competition team. We're all individually barbecue nuts as well. Yeah. And myself and Grumpy, we've just done a, a sausage-making course at Red Barn School Farm. So we're, we're making sausages, cold-smoking them, hot-smoking them, grilling them. You know, it's... Um, there's a lot of stuff there that that we don't do at competitions that we still do at home. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So, sorry, where was that? Which which uh, which sausage making course was that? It was Red Barn School Farm. And how was that? You you uh, thumbs up or thumbs down? <laughs> up to our neck in mints and um, pig's guts. <laughs> awesome. Sounds pig, good pig. to me. It was a really really good course, and I recommend anyone else. Did you do any of the like butchering of the pig and stuff yourself, or was it purely sausages that you went in for? No, we didn't do any of the, any of the actual butchery or anything. We did the mincing of the 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 product itself, mixed the spices, the cures, packed the sausages, linked the sausages, which is quite an art form. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, awesome. It's it, that's just opened, unravelled a, a whole new world of, of food again for you guys because there's endless opportunities with with sausages and the sort of mixes and different spices and seasonings and mixes of meats and everything. So that's probably just unleashed a, a whole new world of food for you guys, which is which is awesome. Yeah, and yeah, there is a reason for it though. We're searching the the world for somebody that can supply us a decent hot link that we can take to a competition. 
and there's just nothing available in the UK, so we're trying to find a way of making it ourselves. Cool. So is the best way if you can make it yourself. So what what cues do you guys use in your competition team? In the competition, it's mainly Weber. I know that's going to hurt your uh, sponsor, but we love him as well. It just so happens that we we predominantly um, Weber owners. Mm-hmm. I've two WSMs. Uh, Gareth's got a WSM. We've both got various kettles between us. I've got a 47 kettle. Uh, no, sorry, a 57 kettle and a 67 kettle. Gareth's got a 67 kettle and we both had um, flat tops made for them. We had them made out of stainless steel so that we can grill our burgers a little bit easier on and, and do various other stuff that you can't do on a grill-based cooker. Okay, that, that's, that's cool. So so explain, what, what what is that? If you could explain that further. It's just a massive hot plate that's driven by charcoal. Instead, when you see people grilling burgers, they usually use electric or gas hot plates. It's basically a version that fits over the top of a, a round Weber barbecue that we had made. Yeah, awesome. And then they drop, like, quite often drop the bowls on to melt the cheese and stuff like that on the hot plates. That's, that's something you yeah. see see regularly happening now. That That's cool. That's awesome. So you're modding, modding them yourselves and, and improving them yourselves. That's really cool. Do you have other like cues that you use at home yourself then, outside of the team? I've actually got seven, seven different types of cooking apparatus. Some of them smokers, some of them grills, all of which have got mad names. <laughs> Go on then, start reel some off for us. Give us some names. Uh, Kelly Kettle, Bertie <laughs> Bullet, uh, Terry Churros. I've got Becky Bullet. I've got Little Henry. He's special. Um, Keith. I've got a big pop of smokers called Derek, and uh, the pizza oven. We don't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a bit of everything then. Awesome. Yeah, I've, I've got smoke. Uh, Smokers, curry cookers, grills, um, a wood-fired oven, but again, don't talk about that. Yeah, yeah, there's a little curry cooker, we did the curry goat on there one time, didn't we? Yeah, they're massive fans of goat as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, we're just, we're really keen on trying to get more and more into goat this year. We've been talking about it again this week, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we're just trying to... It's... <laughs> It's difficult. I, I can't get hold of a, a a whole goat down here for some reason. I'm trying to get hold of one. So if anyone's listening can get hold of a goat for me. I don't mean for free. I want to buy a goat. So if you can get hold of a goat for me, uh, I will buy it from you. So thank you very much. Please email us and let us know. You don't have to wait for an email. I can tell you. Chestnut mates. Chestnut mates. Chestnut mates. Boom. Yeah. They're on Twitter. I think they're on Facebook. But you can definitely pick up Anything you want goat based from Chestnut Mates, they're brilliant. We got a, I think it was a whole shoulder. Yeah. That we, in, this, in our first competition on our Chef's Choice, we did curried goat, which we thought was fantastic, but apparently it um, it lacked oomph. Yeah. What went into your curried goat recipe then? Uh, goat. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Anything yeah, else? Oh. That's probably why it lacked a bit of oomph, I think. <laughs> he just served up a, a goat on a plane. <laughs> Called it <laughs> no, a curry. That was, that was one of Grumpy's cooks again, so he can tell you about it. I think he used jerk seasoning on it. Yeah, I uh, managed to get some good info from a West Indian cook in the area. And uh, he basically gave me his recipe. So there's a really nice little uh, 
spy shop in uh, Letra I go to for all the um, all the Jamaican seasonings and that, and uh, I can't recall exactly what we put in there. Did you ever cross it online? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. I have to check. I have to check. Yeah, unfortunately, you're dealing with people that have got no memory of what we've done whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> if you find it, post it, and we can share that with everyone. <laughs> yeah, we we smoked it for a good few hours, and then uh, put it in the uh, your curry. Um, and little Henry, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I like your style. The fact that you that you went to sort of a, a local. Uh, a local cook from sort of a Jamaican, did you say a Jamaican background? Yeah. Yeah, so you, you know that obviously a lot of a lot of goats cooked over there, so you go and see someone, get advice from them, and then try and put it into a, a cooking yourselves, which is which is an awesome way to do things. That's what I like to do is try and learn from, from the people that, that know. So, so yeah, that's yeah. cool. Just uh, for competition purposes, I should have ramped up those spices by a factor of three, I think. Yeah, yeah, we we were talking with Jackie about that last week about how you've really just got to ramp everything up about a, like you said yeah. about five times just to get everything into that one bite. So, so yeah, a little bit different to the to the sort of home style curries you'd be cooking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I don't think it's it's. I personally don't think it's that massively different. Some people will say you're an idiot, Gary, but I I don't think it's that different. There is a there is a difference. But I don't think it's that far apart. Well, not to my palate, anyway. Yeah, that's good to hear, to be honest, because we've talked about that ourselves when we've been thinking about it. We're like, we just want to cook what we like to eat and hope that that's good enough to win. <laughs> yeah, we may be suckers really for hope. thinking that, but but that is like, yeah, that's what we discussed. If we were ever to, to delve into the competition scene is what we would like to cook is what, what we sort of eat at home. And, and if it's not good enough and they slap us down, then then so be it. But... But we, we 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 love it, so we're hoping that they might like it one day. Yeah, I really like competition barbecue. The problem is you can't eat a whole plate of it. Might yeah. be good for my diet then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple of ribs, a piece of chicken, a couple of slices of um, brisket. You're done. Uh, you couldn't eat a plate a plate full of it because it is it is more powerful. But I don't think the the flavour profile is that different. Okay. Cool, cool, good to hear. So are you guys low and slow through and through? Is that what you're all about? Or are you into a bit of hot and fast stuff as well? Well, the competition's predominantly low and slow, but there is hot and fast elements to it. Um, like I said, we're all individual home cooks anywhere. Yeah, and if you're at home, are you generally going up for your sort of long cooks doing pork shoulders and that type of thing? No, because I'm pretty lazy. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like to do wings quickly on the grill, sausages, not too much, but uh, old chickens only take a few hours, things like that. Awesome. Do you tend to go for like buffalo wings, like whole whole wing, at home? I really like our competition hot wings, which I do quite regularly. I I love them. Can you, can, you, can you share a, a basic a basic <laughs> recipe with, with the listeners or, or is that top, top secret still? <laughs> There's nothing top secret about my wing recipe at all. It's um, it's a famous Dave recipe, basically, that's been changed a little bit. It uses Frank's Red, uh, it's Frank's red Hot Sauce mm-hmm. and it's uh, I arm it up a little bit with a bit of Ribman Sauce. Nice. 
Awesome. So is that just do you just do you marinate it in those sauces, or just do you just cook them on the grill and then coat them in the sauces at the end for a glaze, or or what sort of process do you go through with cooking the uh, wings? The wings are usually um, pre-brined in a. It's it's not really a liquid brine. It's um, it's you'd have to say famous Dave's recipe. It's a concoction of herbs and spices, which is a wet rub more than a brine. Leave them in that overnight. Then take them out the next morning, smoke them for an hour, then glaze them, and then crisp them up on the grill. Finish them off on the grill. Awesome! That sounds sounds lush. Uh, it is really nice. I like them. You know. Well, definitely go on and check out the recipe. You mentioned earlier on that uh, that a guy called Toby brought Harry Sue over to the UK. So, can you tell us a bit more about Toby? Who's Toby? Uh, Toby Shea is basically. In my mind, the, well, he's definitely the guy that got me into barbecuing, but um, he is allegedly the guy that um, set off the barbecue craze or the American-style barbecue craze in the UK. Maybe not started it, but definitely brought it to the forefront of everybody. He started the forums. He started the competitions. I think he had his first competition in 2009. So, so, so one of the, the big catalysts of the UK sort of low-and-slow barbecue scene then? I think he's one of the unsung heroes. Nobody seems to mention him much when they're talking about barbecue, but, you know, he's one of the guys in conjunction with a few others that you don't hear of anymore that really started the American-style cooking in the UK. And he's also a damned good cook. Yeah, He's won a few competitions himself, hasn't he? Yeah, he's the team owner of British Bulldog Barbecue, and pretty much he's guaranteed to win whatever he turns out for. Is embarrassingly good. <laughs> so he doesn't doesn't enter anymore. He wants to give everyone else a chance. Then does he? Is that is that the way he rolls these days? Uh, if he didn't enter, then we'd have a little bit more of a chance. But there's some other pretty special barbecue teams out there. Yeah, some pretty awesome ones around. But you guys, you guys were reserve grand champions this year at Grillstuck, weren't you? I mean, that's pretty awesome. And there was like only about like ten points in it over six hundred eighty points, wasn't there? Something like that. Yeah, it was 11 points, but I'll let you take 10. <laughs> <laughs> We're rounding. Yeah, it was, a, it was a massive shock for me. We've been a team, we're still a young team. We're certainly not the best out there. I wouldn't go so far as to say that we're particularly good. We're just solid. And for the last two years, we've been working our way up the charts. So, yeah, we figure in the top half of the teams that enter, but that's not guaranteed. Tomorrow, we could have an absolute stinker and come nowhere so do you guys practice together as a team very much or are you just all cooking on your own and then just coming together for these big events pretty much come together at the events it's it's very difficult i've got quite a high pressure job uh grumpy runs his own company artist he's a busy man and um, barry the transport manager lives a million miles away <laughs> It is very difficult for us to make up. I'd like for us to cook a lot more together. Yeah. You should get like Skype, some Skype cooking on the go and you can all, all interlink and sort of uh, chat to each other on that. No, we've kind of taken over um, Pinterest at the moment. Yeah, Pinterest is awesome, isn't it? No, There's so many Pinterest. good ideas Peris- on there. Periscope. Ah, yeah. We're live viewing each other all the time. Yeah, I'm a fan of per- Periscope. I think we're all very active on social media as well in terms of trying to make sure that people understand what we're getting out there, what we're cooking, and then anything that we see and do between ourselves, we can pass comment in the background with direct messages to each other to say what we've done and 
still share what we're doing with other people so they can see what we're cooking but also anything that we are trying to keep to ourselves do that in the background and help each other out with any tips that we need to, to make sure that the cooks are in the direction of anything that we're going to do in the competition yeah great teamwork that is the beauty about social media now is that it's just so easy for us all to, to share stuff and and share the ups and the downs of barbecue and the things that go right and things that go wrong and and that that is just the absolute beauty of it. it's really opened up opened up my eyes to just different styles and just different recipes i'm always learning stuff all the time from social media so i absolutely love it i think it's changed changed the cooking world for for us all really do you guys kind of take on a lead in each part of the cook? So just one of you go, right, I'm going to be in charge of the burger this round and it will divvy up all the jobs or do you just all chip in? Mainly, Gary does most of it and uh, and then acts as the martyr, sits in a chair overnight. He's, he's miserable for the rest of the competition and we don't do a lot apart from stand there and eat snacks in the background. But uh, Drink I Jack think, Daniels. Yeah. Gareth's been uh, exceptional in the burger rounds and trying to push that side of it and uh, and making sure that we, we try and get some good results, come up with some really good recipes and ideas for that side. I think Gary's now decided that the format of the team will change a bit this year and, uh, and some of the rounds have been divvied up between the team and we're going to take on a bit more responsibility. For... Uh, Gary wants some Jack Daniels instead of cooking all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I think too too many late nights sitting in a uh, in a camping chair next to the smokers over the last few competitions have taken their toll. And uh, whilst we've all told him to head back to the hotel and let the gurus do their magic, it's it's not worked. So I think this year might change it up a bit. So we're looking forward to the competitions that we've got booked in. I'm still sleeping by the smoker. <laughs> <laughs> Save money on a hotel. Yeah, ideal. <laughs> No, I did manage to book a hotel for two nights and then never go anywhere near it. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you've got a nice toilet if you want to run to the toilet, no? <laughs> it depends how far away the, um, the hotel is. Oh, so he just ends up doing it in his in his chair next to the smoker. <laughs> he does everything there. Everything's right next to the smoker, so that, that's how he rolls these days. <laughs> yeah, I use it as a brine the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he wins. <laughs> and that is your the secret ingredient, guys. Winning recipe right there. You mentioned barbecue guru. Uh, what is the barbecue guru for our listeners who don't know? It's basically a, a, a cooking head that you can attach to your smoker or even a grill. It's basically a, an electronic device or computer-controlled fan, for want of a better description, that um, takes care of pretty much the temperature control of, of your barbecue. Okay, awesome. So the fan controls the airflow into your, so you close off the other vents, is that right? And just keep one vent open with the guru attached to it. And then that controls the airflow, which therefore create, sorry, that then looks after the temperature. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. On the WSM, you've got um, three vents at the bottom, all of which are blanked off, apart from one access hole for the fan itself. Then that's hooked up to a little computer control unit with a probe inside the, the dome of the cooker that measures the, the temperature inside the cooker and adjusts the airflow to compensate. Cool. Can you can you monitor that temperature like remotely or not? It's got an LED screen on it. You can't. I can't on my two versions that I've got, but um, Grumpy's a bit of a tech fiend and he's got a Wi-Fi version that reports to his phone. Awesome. I need to speak to him then. 
<laughs> awesome. Yeah. That, that's really cool. So, uh, guys, you can get them from Battle Box, uh, Battle Box Barbecue. They're the UK guru suppliers, and there's there's a few different types, and and you guys can go on and check them check them all out. And uh, as you said, there's Wi-Fi controllable ones. There's there's ones that are sort of just LED, which you control on the unit itself. So there's there's loads of different types you can that, that come in at different sort of price ranges. So Battle Box UK are the suppliers for those. If you want to go on and check those out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I got my first one. I imported it from America. Or the first two I got from America, actually. The second one I bought while we were in Vegas at the World Food Championships. But, um, yeah, Battle Box and places like Barbecue Gourmet these days are just a godsend for the barbecue community. Two years ago, or 2012, there was pretty much nothing you could buy in the UK. Unless you made it yourself, you were importing it from America. And with the, with the advent of Battle Box barbecue gourmet places like that you, you can pretty much get whatever you want these days yeah great so the barbecue guru maintains your like low temperatures or hotter temperatures if that's what you're aiming for but like what temperatures are you aiming for when in your cooks like what meats do you cook at what temperatures my cooks are mainly anywhere from 200 fahrenheit up to 275 in that range depending on what i'm cooking if it's if it's hot and fast, then yeah, you want to be three, three fifty. But again, it really depends. I don't really cook anything hot and fast. It's just some stuff cooks faster than others at given temperature. Chicken, I would do at two seventy five. Ribs, we finish at two fifty. Pork, brisket, we finish round about two thirty, two forty. Mm-hmm. But it, it all starts off at around two hundred degrees Fahrenheit, which is less than boiling point of water. Yeah, awesome. Cool. So, I, I, I'm I'm similar to you. I do most of my cooks sort of the same sort of temperatures between 200 and 275. Do you, do you tend to start off all your all your biggest stuff like you said around the 200 mark to keep it keep it a little bit colder, letting that smoke get in, smoke really penetrate for a little bit longer? It's it's not really for that. It's a bit of a fudge. It's just to give you a bigger rest in between sips of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. Brilliant. What's your favourite bourbon? At the moment, I'm sipping on Elijah Craig, which is very, very nice. I left it in the other room. But I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jim Beam. Nice. Jack Daniels is okay, but I prefer Jim Beam. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, what what sort of rubs do you guys go for? Do you use commercial rubs, or do you make a lot of your own stuff? Do you take commercial rubs and then add them to other things and make them your own, or or what sort of things do you go for? Previously, I've tried making my own rubs, but uh, not had that much success. I haven't got a particularly good palate. That's one of the reasons um, Artist is so good on the team, because he's got a fantastic palate. He's good for testing sauces and rubs. Mm. Um, I've never really had that much success with with homemade rubs. I tend to go for commercial rubs that I can mix and match. They've got their, their flavour profiles pretty much where you need it to be. And then you just you just change it to what you prefer or what you think is going to work. I'm a big fan of mixing commercial stuff. When I say commercial stuff, it's not all American. We've got some fantastic um, rubs in the UK. Can you name some some of the brands that you use? Sorry, say that again. Can you name some of the brands that you guys use? I don't know that. Can you name some of the brands? Oh, some of the brands. Yeah, no problem. Uh, the British rubs that I use are. From British Bulldog Toby, he has Memphis Magic and Slack Cow. Memphis Magic is good on pork, Slack Cow obviously for beef. 
one man barbecue at Army, Steve Hayes, Priscilla, I'm not sure who he is these days. <laughs> he has uh, Gorilla Powder. I've got a list here somewhere. We use all of them. We've oh, both hey. tried the Gorilla ones. We, we're quite a good fan of those. They're quite nice. Yeah, they got. I, I like the Molotov edition. I'm a bit, yeah. a bit of a fan of the Molotov the edition when that was out. A little bit more of a kick to it. But we've yeah, we've got, we've tried a lot of the Yomba ones. Yeah, they're 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 pretty decent. He's got three or four rubs. He's got his meat makeup as well, which is a Priscilla creation. Previous to that, the one man barbecue stuff. I think he had um, the Molotov. Yeah, that, uh, they were our favourite. Gorilla powder, the bomb. And there was another one that I can't remember what it was called. But it was dirty really gold. Good. They had dirty gold at one point. I think that was that's really nice. Yeah, dirty, heavy artillery. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Used them at home and in competitions. Cool. So for the listeners that, that haven't quite got that, it's the one man barbecue army. You can find them online. Uh, yeah, they're they're awesome rubs. Go on and check them out. And also, you see British British bulldog as well. Yeah, and the British bulldog ones. They're they're Toby Shade. Did you say? Yeah, all available through BattleBox. All available through BattleBox, guys, so get on there and, and check those out. I think now, as Gary was saying, because of the introduction of places like Barbecue Gourmet, the availability of different rubs from the States and, uh, and from various different people and trying to get the UK guys out there a bit more and be able to sell their product is perfect. Uh, anybody that does follow me on Twitter will see that my collection of both sauces and rubs is absolutely disgusting uh, i've got a constant battle with my family with the uh, the kitchen covered space and the, and they're taking over but it's really nice to have the opportunity to try all the different rubs and because we do so many cooks at home between competition it gives you the opportunity to try various different flavors to see whether you like a sweeter profile or a heat profile whatever it is that's out there and then that's obviously balanced out with the way that you work a rubbing and the way that you're also working a sourcing on top of that. So it really gives you the chance to practice and you can practice the, the flavor coming through on really simple things like chicken so that the meat is, is sort of secondary to the flavor that you're getting from the rubs and from the sauce. And then you know what you're building up on top of the flavor of any other meat that you're cooking. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm on a condiment and rub ban at my house as well. And I think I think barbecue <laughs> 40 is too. I think if I... Yeah. I can't help it. I just go to even just like food market and stuff. I go to all these places and I'm like, "Ooh, what's this? Taste this. Taste that. Buy this. Buy." That. I get home and and that's I'm in the doghouse for another week, not spoken to. They're not going in my cupboard. So I think like my actual my clothes drawers are now starting to get filled up with. I have to take them up to the bedroom. So I've got my kitchen's full. So it's coming up to the bedroom now. It's just nice to be able to have that, and it, you know, barbecue gourmet are great now for for the amount of rubs and sauces that they've got and the and the opportunity to be able to buy them before you were completely reliant on either buying them in from the States yourself and paying a hell of a lot of import duty and postage costs to secure stuff over here. And now there's the opportunity to get them for a really decent price. And from a lot of the teams that go out in the US and compete regularly and get some really, really good results. So you can then get that into your own home and tweak the recipes and play around with it and, uh, and see what you like yourselves. Yeah, awesome, and we've seen uh, this week that ProQ have just, re- uh, well, uh, pr- eminently about to release their own range of rubs as well. So I'm looking forward to trying those out. Another another British brand bringing out some rubs, which are which are pretty cool. So so looking forward yeah. to trying them. Uh, I, I, think- I think they sent some batches out uh, this week, so to random people across the country are going to be uh, reviewing those shortly on the forum. So we'll get to see uh, to see what they're like. I think 
Ty from ProQ described one of the rubs as Herbie, so that could be interesting, depending on which way he's taking that. Mm-hmm. Could be creating a few barbecue zombies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. They talked. They talked to us about one that they they had like it was like five five different types of pepper in it and stuff like that. So, I mean, maybe for for artist palette that might be something that might set him off crazy. So, uh, looking forward to hearing what he thinks about that. You guys have mentioned your social medias a couple of times, like your Twitters and stuff like that. So, it, could you guys? We're not we're not finished yet. But if you guys could just roll off a few of your uh, your social medias, so people could keep and get in contact with you and add you up and, and uh, tweet with you and stuff like that. Well, mine's dead easy. Mine's Doctor Evil Barbecue. You can Google that, and you'll you'll find me on Pinterest, Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, um, Periscope. I'm all over the place. Uh, but unfortunately, not everybody knows that we're a barbecue team. <laughs> <laughs> How about the rest of you guys? Did you see the tweets yesterday from Blue Smokehouse? No. I've been talking to him for the last two years and he didn't realise that we were a barbecue team. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought you were Dr. Evil that liked barbecue. Yeah, big up to Sly. Yeah. <laughs> How about the rest of you guys there? Where can we find you online? Transport manager's shy. He doesn't want to say, but he's Baz at twelve sixteen on Twitter. Cool. Yeah. I'm uh, on Twitter. I'm Grumpy Man UK. <laughs> and then, surprisingly, not that grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he actually sounds quite chirpy. Actually, I, I'm not sure that this grumpy can stay around for much longer. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Happy will call him instead. <laughs> and then my one's artist whim fag. So it's a bit of a. Uh, Difficult one to look up, but... Uh, How do you spell it? <laughs> A-R-T-U-S-T-W-I-M-T-H-A-G. Just look for government spy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, listeners, add, add them on. Add them on social media and, and get tweeting, asking for recipes, sharing your stuff with them. Uh, ask them any questions you want. They are the guys in the know, so uh, they can help you out there. So I think we do quite a lot as well. I mean, we've been out socially quite a lot over the last uh, year or so and going to various different restaurants and, and trying other stuff. So we had a, a recent trip to Hotbox uh, in Commercial Street in London just before Christmas. And while we were down there, we actually were fortunate enough to meet up with the ladies from Hangfire Barbecue as well. So we got to sit around and have some drinks with them after, which was really nice to see. But it's nice. I mean, you were obviously mentioning earlier on about barbecue restaurants that are serving around the UK. And I think it's no surprise that uh, it's my mission to go out and try as many of them as possible. And I'm quite active in doing so and uh, and speaking about them afterwards. So I've been around quite a few and looking forward to quite a few of the new openings that are being discussed at the moment as well. As we were just saying, the Hangfire ladies have got their restaurant opening in Barry Island. So that's going to be one to look out for, I think. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. They're they're lined up to come onto the show just after they're a bit busy at the minute with the opening of the restaurant. But as soon as that's up and running, they're gonna they're gonna grace us with their presence on the show. So looking forward to that one. Uh, how was how was Hotbox then? Very good. Yeah, we uh, we came out of uh, an expensive bill, unfortunately, because of Doctor Evil's habit against bourbon. But uh, <laughs> the uh, I think... think the old bill was expensive. I had to pay for the handfire girls. <laughs> they drink a lot. <laughs> well you got to go to their place and make it up then you got to uh, reclaim it over the bar 
I'll be claiming it back, all right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there's a few people now that have done like that, that have started off as a street food trader and uh, are gradually working their way into the restaurants, and the hot box guys have been really successful with theirs. There's a really good mix between the barbecue food, but not going down the the cliche that uh, a lot of restaurants follow with trying to make it feel like an American-style saloon. It really is uh, sort of an upper-class-style barbecue restaurant, but we, we between us, probably ate everything off of the menu and, and was very good. I think one of the dishes that was standout, which is probably nice because we do eat so much of the standard food, was mutton, and uh, they had smoked mutton there with, uh, with blue corn tacos, which was really, really good and definitely one of my standout dishes. Awesome. Yeah, that, that, that sounds, sounds really, great. Really yeah. nice. I mean, we're really interested in stuff like that, particularly. Is, is again, is, is uh, developing stuff from the UK. So, so lamb's a real, real good one that we're interested in, and sort of, and that's why we're interested in the goat as well. Is just trying new stuff out. We've heard that we've heard recently of a place called Shotgun in London, which sounds similar, similar to that. That hasn't gone for the old uh, wild western sort of theme. That's uh, that's meant to be quite good. I think Barbecue Forte is aiming to try that at the weekend. So, so we'll post a little bit about that and see and see what he thinks on that one. Yeah, that's on the hit list, so it'll be good to hear how you get on. But another place to try is Neil Rankin's place, Smokehouse. That yeah. was pretty pretty special. But in one weekend we did two two get two restaurants in one. We went to Neil Rankin's did we go to Neil's first? No, no, we did we did, we did Blue, Blue Smokehouse, Smokehouse and then went lunch. to Neil Rankin's afterwards. <laughs> nice. Well, in one day. <laughs> De- yeah, definite, definite meat overload for uh, for one barbecue. <laughs> that was a good day, a good day in life. That was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, very good. <laughs> and also, you mentioned you used uh, one of Rib- Ribman's sauces. Uh, so Ribman's another person that started off as sort of a street food guy in London, and and he's progressed on to now having a, a few places that that are less street foody and and, uh, and more sort of shop based, which is which is quite cool. He does things a little bit different, which is which is also cool to see. Yeah, I'm a massive fan of Mark's sauces. I think Grumpy is as well. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I've had every one of his sauces he's ever produced, and they're all outstanding. I'm I'm a little bit of a chilli fiend, but I don't like it hot for the sake of being hot. I like flavour as well, and Mark just packs in so much yeah. flavour into his sauces. That's why I, I can incorporate them in, in things like my hot wings. It just adds another dimension to, to an otherwise boring hot sauce. Awesome. Yeah. So, guys, go on and check out the uh, Ribman's hot sauce or Ribman's sauces. Even uh, give them all a try. He's got his, his main one, which is like you said that that one that is a little bit hotter, that is nice, full of flavour still. So, so go on and check those out. I've, I've got these limited edition super hot ones as well, and they are super duper hot. A little bit goes a long way, but they still pack an immense flavour. I, I was going through them so much, I bought my first the liter bottle. Wow. <laughs> so that's uh, top shelf on the fridge. He's bought shares. He bought rib man shares. Niece and nephew open the fridge and it doesn't fall on their face. We'll just hope it stays up there. Right? Burn their yeah. eyes out. <laughs> really good stuff. So we've talked about rubs and sauces. What what are your guys' views on brining and injecting? Uh, for competition, it's an absolute must. It's it to my mind, and again, people might say, Gary, you're an idiot, but to my mind, it's not the big bad wolf. It's it's something that enhances your meat. I use it at home and in competitions. The the actual additives that we put in our injections is, is very little, to be honest with you. Years ago, when we first started, I was pumping gallons of it into into things like brisket. But now, uh, two or three tablespoons in 
a liter of fruit juice or whatever else you, you're injecting, it, it's not a great deal. No, no, that, that's that's cool. So, I mean, that's all about experimenting though and trying things out and, and learning and, and over a period of time, like you said, experimenting and just seeing what's right. So, so yeah, I mean, in, injecting fruit juice is, is by no means uh, a bad thing. So what what do you feel what do you feel it gives to the to the meat then? For competition, the the additives are supposed to help you retain moisture, give you a stronger if you're using it in brisket, like a stronger beefy flavour. But I I don't think it affects the flavour that much. Just it's, makes it moister. That you mix in. I mean, you put an extra little teaspoon or tablespoon of of rub in your injection as well. The rub that you're using on the outside, you want to get deep on the inside of the meat as well. That's exactly it. If you're cooking a large joint of pork at sort of three, four kilograms or you're doing a brisket at anywhere between six and nine kilograms, you've got an awful lot of meat which is actually inside. So you're you're only rubbing the the surface area of the meat and that's where the flavour adheres to. So actually being able to drive some of that flavour directly into the centre of the meat makes the injecting side of it something that... I mean, I even do it for home cooks, as a lot of people do. And it, yes, it takes a bit more time and preparation to, to do it, but it's worthwhile, I feel, for, for what it gives. And you're not necessarily using the commercial competition style uh, injections when you're doing it at home, but just simple concoctions of fruit juice and some cayenne pepper, some soy sauce, whatever you want to mix up, whatever you prefer is your flavor profile. And instead of it then just sitting on the outside of the meat, you're actually driving it into the center and creating a bit of flavor from the inside out as well. Yeah, awesome. It makes it makes perfect sense. So, so uh, definitely worth a try. Definitely worth trying out. Uh, so, guys, do you, what, do you all have sort of a favorite wood that you tend to smoke with at home or, or do you often blend your woods or do you, are there certain things that you, you try out? I'm a fan of blending. I used to be predominantly just apple wood, but now I, I try different woods. For competitions, I really like, but even for home, I like oak and hickory. Mm-hmm. And I've also incorporated things like maple, which I really like. Um, what's, what's the nutty one? Pecan. I really like pecan as well. Pecan's a good flavour. They're all they're all pretty, pretty light. Um... Jackie touched on it when you did an interview with her last week. You know, the, the smoke shouldn't be overpowering. You use little and often. I do like to taste smoke. I don't want to wear it. But I do want to taste it. And some of the restaurants we've been to, I just haven't been able to taste it. The ones where I can taste it, they kind of stand out for me. Yeah, we're both big fans of tasting our smoke in our food. We feel like if you're going to smoke it, you need to taste the smoke. Yeah, absolutely, but you don't want to overpower it, make it bitter or tarry. No. You don't want to walk out and be smelling of it two days later either. I think I've been quite lucky that I've uh, managed to get a contact at a company called Treewood Charcoal, and uh, the guy there has uh, has been able to supply me with some stuff that you don't usually get hold of. So I've had some purple plum and some beech, various different woods and not necessarily for the competition cooks, but certainly at home, just come home with uh, big boxes full of wood chunks, again, taking up extra space in the house that uh, people don't appreciate. But it's good to have the selection of stuff there to try. Yeah, awesome. I'm all about experimenting. So, yeah, that, that's that's really cool. Do you feel like the fruit woods you can really taste, uh, do they do they give much of a flavour to the to the wood from the fruit? Or is, is that is that a myth? Or do you guys feel it, it really does enhance the flavour? I, I can pick up different tastes 
well, not tastes, not even flavours. I can I can pick up a difference between, say, a wood and a hick, uh, an apple and a hickory. Yeah. I, I can't taste any apple, no, if that's what you're asking, but I can taste the difference between types of wood rather than, yeah, that's that's apple or that's hickory or that's chestnut. I, I can't tell the difference. Okay, cool, cool. But we did say, you know, it gets sad when you're walking around in the uh, colder winter months and you can walk past someone's house and they've obviously got a real log fire in and you're sniffing the air trying to work out what logs they might have on. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have been a team for a few years now. Um, have you ever competed in other teams or anything before you came together or is this the start? It was just you guys from the from the beginning through and through. In, in barbecue, myself and Gareth, that, well, we met to, at um, the Slap Your Daddy course in 2012, and we ummed and ahed about setting up a team in 2013 and never got round to it. 2014 came and I just, I bit the bullet, I said, right, we're doing it, this is what we're called, and this is, you know, from now we go. But um, artist we met on the forum again, and he joined us last year, the year before last at Manchester. Uh, we saw you at Manchester 2014. Yeah, we did the, did the Brighton competition as well. The paddle around oh, the beer right, competition yeah, yeah. in Brighton. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I was very fortunate, to, again, through social media and stuff and the forums to meet up with Gary and uh, and be able to help on the team, considering my distinct lack of knowledge at that point. And it's been really good to work with somebody like Gary and pick up the, uh, a lot of tips and information on that. And then whilst, again, I, I don't consider myself to, to know very much at all still at the moment, I've then been fortunate enough to go and assist another team uh, with a competition that we did over in Dublin last year. So there was a team called Smoking Yankees Belfast and uh, went over and got some good results over there, which we were really, really happy to be able to go and, and play against some of the big boys because there were some, some of the very big teams from the European circuit over there. So it was quite nice to, to come away and get uh, get some wins we got a first place in ribs which was uh, fantastic for us against 10 teams and some of the teams that were out there were very strong as well an absolute fluke i'm still completely convinced that they took somebody else's box and uh, and put our sticker on it but i'm assured that can't happen but uh, but yeah so mainly the focus is obviously dr evil barbecue but it's nice to be able to have that opportunity to go and help other people if we need to yeah, awesome. That's something that I've noticed is that you guys, uh, Dr. Evil Barbecue, consistently place across the board uh, well. So it's, it's, that's that's something that really sort of, I guess, helps you achieve the uh, the reserve grand grand champion and stuff like that. Uh, these sort of awards is that you, you consistently across the board are, are putting out good food. What what are you uh, what have you guys got lined up for this year? Then what competitions are you uh, are you uh, lined up to to take on this year? Uh, there's only three that we're doing this year. We've not delved into Europe yet. We're strictly um, UK-based. That's purely and simply because I'm a scaredy cat and I don't want to go across to Europe. Apart from the World Food Championship. Um, this year we are competing with Toby at Mayhem in May in Surrey. That's on the 28th and 29th of May. Then we're going to Grillstock Bristol, which is the 2nd and 3rd of July. And finally, August, we're doing the big meet in Surrey, which is the 27th, 28th. Awesome. Cool. So what, what have we got to look forward to from you guys then? Are you coming in all guns blazing? Are you taking first place this year? Uh, we'll kind of be making it up as we go along as usual. <laughs> Drinking loads of bourbon. 
Oh, absolutely, yeah. Sleeping next to the smokers? Yes. So we're expecting the standard thing from Dr. Evil Barbecue. Absolutely. Yeah, if you want if you want a shot, then come and uh, tap Gary up because he will certainly have a reserve of bottles and uh, and he's not shy on sharing. So we'll be there. We'll be there. <laughs> we'll be there. You've you've mentioned a couple of times the World Food Championships. Do you guys go over there and compete? Um, thanks to Grumpy winning the 2014 Burgers uh, Grill Stock, that qualified us to compete in the Burger Championships um, in Vegas at the World Food Championships. Yeah, we went over there. Wow, how, how was that? That was an absolutely epic adventure, really. Yeah. Unfortunately, Grumpy couldn't make it, so we were already bound to lose because he wasn't going to be there. Um, I kind of misread the rules as well, which meant that I discounted our signature burger and had to do something different, but uh, we didn't do too badly. I, I have to say I didn't take it absolutely too seriously. It was just an added bonus for me. Um, just an experience. It was, it was more of an experience than an actual full tilt at trying to win it. But we, we came midfield. I think we were 24th out of 50. And the compulsory burger, you had to do two burgers, a signature burger and a compulsory round burger with the ingredients chosen by them. The signature burger didn't do very well at all, but the compulsory burger came 11th in the world. Wow. Oh, wow. Awesome. 11th in the world from a team you, you guys had just sort of that was you just formed and you go over there to the World Food Championships and take 11th that's amazing yeah no pressure <laughs> that was just the one burger overall we came midfield it was oh even midfield that, that's still talking World Food Championships here like just even going I mean I bet that was incredible so I mean hat yeah, off to you ma- guys that's, that's amazing there was loads and loads of superstars there from the barbecue world. I got to meet so many people. There's a common theme coming through with you guys that you're never very serious of anything, I don't think. Not particularly, no. We like to have fun with it. It's yeah. a serious business. You've got to have fun with it as well. I did a little bit of research before looking you up to see what I could find online. And the first thing I stumble across is your grill stock profile page. Um, oh, go on. <laughs> have you you've got a deep love of Austin Powers, or is this just a random oh, thing you've right, picked yeah. on? Yeah, well, being called Doctor Evil Barbecue, yeah, I am an absolute nut for Austin Powers. And um, the Doctor Evil thing came around just because I couldn't think of another name. Uh, you've got people like Doctor Barbecue, Doctor Sweet Smoke. A friend of mine that we met on the Slap Your Daddy course has got the best team or company name, he's not a team name, that you could ever want. His company's called Saucy Pig, and I just so wanted that name for our team, but I always struggled to come up with it. I even wrote them down on paper. I had lists and lists of them, and then I just thought, sod it. Dr. Evil Barbecue. Yeah, I love it. I think it's, I think it's awesome. I, I love these, your logo as well. I think that's a really cool logo. Uh, yeah, the, the logo is really, really good. A lot of people like that. That was something I had designed by a guy in America called Patrick. He's a cartoonist. It was really cheap, and he did it within a couple of hours. I just told him what I wanted and then gave him a final few edits, and, and that was it, done. Do you guys dress up in the Austin Powers style when you're competing? No, it's, it's. I've always wanted to. Let's Let's all dress up as characters from... Doctor Doctor Evil or Austin Powers, but you know it's it's such 
it's such a tough time at a competition. I'm not naming it, names. It is for me we'd, anyway. We'd have fat bastard now somewhere along the line. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not naming names. <laughs> but I think we were really lucky as well. Stuart, the uh, graboid from Barbecue Stew from Twitter, who's like the latest team member, his skills with graphics are second to none. So he, he made us some really, really, really good graphics that we were able to use all over social media before the uh, the Walthamstow competition, the yeah. grill stuff yeah. competition last year. And it's just really nice to, to know that everybody in the team is using a consistent message. And we've got the, the little grabs with the, the pig character from the Dr. Evil logo and just using them in different formats and putting them out and trying to just help to build a bit of hype around the event and around our team. And, you know, we, we had people coming up to us at the event and saying, hi, we've seen you on social media. And it's really nice to be able to chat to people. And you realise that there's so many like-minded people out there and stuff like Twitter and Periscope and the, when people follow you on there, the, the people that do follow you are like-minded. And when you meet them, it's not like stalkers and weirdos like you'd expect actually it's really nice to, to chat to some of these people and they become friends after that so i've often looked at barbecue stew's little shelter he's got in his back garden and hope to build something similar in my back garden i think everybody's jealous of barbecue stew's shack he's yeah. uh, he's done an awesome job on it and uh, when we're all out there slaving under a uh, an umbrella that's being blown around or just standing out in the rain in flip-flops, like going out and taking joints of meat out. And Stu's just stood there underneath his shack, whistling and laughing to himself. Yeah, Storm Imogen nearly uh, drowned me in barbecue forte last week. So we almost uh, died out barbecuing in that. So we were extremely jealous of barbecue Stu at that point. Yeah, he's a, uh, he's a credit to the team. I mean, particularly he's great at the periscope things that he's been pulling out. And uh, and it, it, the pictures of stuff that he's cooking with his rotisserie consistently every every week he's cooking something new and it's good to have the the fact that he won the Weber Fan of the Month as well. So awesome! That's 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 really cool. Right, guys, we're we're hitting the hour mark now, so I'm going to have to stop it there. Before we go, just could you roll out one more time for all the listeners uh, your where they could find you on social media so they can follow you and they can watch you on Periscope and stuff like that. If you could just roll that off one more time for them all. Uh, for the team, it's dead easy. It's Dr. Evil Barbecue, at Pinterest, at Facebook, Twitter, um, Periscope, everything is pretty much Dr. Evil Barbecue. If you Google Dr. Evil Barbecue, the first page you'll get is just full of the different media we're on. Thanks for being on today's show, guys. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Been an awesome guest, and we look forward to seeing you uh, over the competition season and uh, enjoy some bourbon with you guys. So thanks very much. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in, guys, uh, to another episode of United Q Barbecue Podcast, the only barbecue podcast in the UK. Uh, brought to you by your host, Dan, from United Q, and his co-host, Barbecue Forte. Goodbye. This episode was brought to you by our kind our kind sponsors, ProQ Smokers. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch advice and service for beginners to pit masters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. <laughs>